shame on Americans. It's gee, not guy. Let's get that set already. So we've already educated anybody that's going to watch this how to say your name right. Sure, um, thank you. I'm super excited for this conversation for a multitude of reasons because you've gone franchisee to franchisor. You've touched multiple areas in wellness. But before we even dive deep into that, and, and this is the boring question that I start with, and I promise you it'll get fun. But how do you even fall into franchising? Like how like be day day prior to you actually understanding what franchising is and, and entering the industry, how did you even get to that point? It started with reading an article, I think, in the franchise times about um or it might have been club industry international which is the uh, trade journal in the health health club industry read about a little little startup called anytime fitness and um, it was based in hastings minnesota at that time now it's moved to woodbury but um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law who we've always wanted to go into business with happened to live in woodbury so i asked them to go check out this little thing called anytime. And, and my brother-in-law, Dan Bailey said, yeah, I think, I think one of the guys at my club um, has a couple of those. And so uh, he did, and it turned out to be Chuck Runyon, who's the founder of anytime fitness, um, who had, they've golfed together and things like that. So we went to uh, visit family in Minnesota for Christmas, like we do every year and uh, met with Chuck planned on buying one territory of a franchise had never been in franchising before and chuck is a darn good salesman because we walked out with six territories for, for first time franchisee and now a multi-unit operator right right away exactly all right well, so, I go small yeah right think back to that article can you remember what it was that all of a sudden took you from a hey i'm reading an industry publication to oh i'd really like to own that yeah, um, for sure. Because for me, I, I think it's something that will ring true with anybody that's in franchising is um, I had a lot of experience on the financial side of, of uh, you know, transferring health clubs, buying and selling them and things like that. Um, but I'd never run one. And I just know for myself that I'm better at running processes than creating a lot of things. And I knew someone else had already put their toe in the water. They had about a hundred units at the time. Uh, they seemed to be doing really well. And I was like, well, if someone else can do it, I can certainly do it. I can follow directions. Maybe I can't come up with the whole process or anything like that, but that's what really spoke to me is like, someone else is doing it. It's a proven model. I know I can work hard and I know I can figure out things where I'll have support for things that I don't know yet. So that's what it was. I was like, oh, I, someone else is in the water. I'm fine. Let's go. And you're already in fitness. So you had an affinity for it. And so that, that, that gave you the passion piece was already there. Now you found the widget, but yeah. I think, I think what you just said is so important for candidates that could potentially watch this, that what you just said was give me the playbook. I can do it. I might not be able to create it from start. That's not what, that's not what my genius is. But man, I will I will out hustle everybody else if you give me give me the playbook. And so I would imagine like if if a franchise buyer is trying to find like inside, they're having this discussion in their head, that's part of what you need to discover that you you want to run hard against something that's already been created. 
Yeah, and I think there's a, a level of humility that's in there because from a financial perspective, I thought I knew that industry really well. I did, um, but I knew what I didn't know as well, like marketing, content, um, every every bit of operations that goes into that hiring, staffing, recruiting, training, compensating. Like I knew enough to know that uh, I don't know all that stuff. Like I know the financial aspect. So even if someone's an expert in one area, that's that's awesome. That could be your strong point when you're running your franchise. Um, you also might learn something and and find out that you know you can build on it. But <clears throat> I think everybody has some level of you know areas where they don't feel as comfortable. And when you know a whole system has been worked out to to con- to kind of guide you in every aspect of running a small business, it's a game changer. Go back to you've signed you've signed this agreement. Uh, mm. I would assume it's a it's that's not a cheap thing. When you've gone you've gone in looking at one and how am I going to finance one to now you've agreed to six, you've now signed the agreement. Does is there ever a moment between signing the agreement and opening unit one that your heart drops a little bit and says, "What did I just do?" Or did were you so like? mentally were you so motivated that it ne- you never had that scare moment um no there was definitely uh some scare moments for sure um and looking back on it and this is n- nothing against uh what anytime fitness has built they've come a long way but in the beginning you know the the design book was find 5,000 square feet, buy a bunch of purple paint, and make sure one of the bathrooms has a shower. A little bit more sophisticated than that, but nothing to what it is right now. And, um, you know, so that was, you know, it was kind of free flowing and, and things like that. But there was a couple of scary moments when all of a sudden we're going into this and um, we have to find a lease, a space for lease. And we have to personally guarantee that on the first one, you know, I was looking at Stephanie, my wife and co-founder and Frenchies and saying like, okay, this will, this will be game changing either. Uh, you know, it's going to be, a something that's great for our financial position, or, you know, maybe we'll be living under a bridge at some point in time, <laughs> you know, so there's a little bit of fear motivation too. Um, and it, and it obviously all worked out. So, you know, doing that first, you know, tr- finding the right space, and then, you know, signing leases, signing long-term agreements, like you're in the game before you're actually even playing, even, you know, working with clients or hiring staff or something like that. And that's where I think another one of the beauties of having people that are already on the path ahead of you, down the path a little bit further, you, you just have so many, it's like having a mastermind group with you the whole way, you know, because it's incredible. And we can talk about this later, but the amount of sharing that goes on in the franchise world is, it still blows my mind. And I've been in it since 2006, even forget about, you know, just things, people that aren't competing with each other or in the same fitness space or the same space. Um, People are really, really helpful with each other in this, in this world. So um, having that always helped in those moments of fear, (laughs) reaching out to somebody and uh, get, getting the conversation out of uh, out between my own two ears and into the real world has always been a huge help. And it's, and it's, it's a, like I said before, it's a, it's a real change um, when you can talk to somebody and that's been there before. So you- that was, I'm sorry that the only other thing was um, when we 
when we started out was also, you know, going into a construction, we have brick and mortar. So going into a construction project was also something new for us. Did you hit the six units open? No, we didn't. We, um, we built out a, a club a year for four years in a row. Um, we had five, I was spread out. They're all in Colorado and really small towns. So our, our closest one was about 45 minutes away from our home. Our furthest one was six hours away from my home. So I was driving um, and hitting them on a monthly basis. And uh, the next territory that we had that made sense was on the complete opposite side of Colorado, which if you're going from side to side, Colorado is a pretty big state. So um, didn't want to do that and ended up selling that territory um, to a friend of mine who I actually sold him his first Anytime Fitness as well, because that's that's another uh, business that we had going is buying and selling health clubs. And, um, and it's it's still running to this day and doing very well. So, Guy, if you if you reflect back on this and that we're going to start shifting gears over to you as the, the franchisor. But mm-hmm. so many lessons learned about uh, how you were marketed to as a persona, as a candidate into the funnel, how you were treated when you when you entered the funnel, how you were sold when you entered the funnel to say, go go from one one to six, going from the process of, OK, now, now I'm in it. And I, maybe my expectations weren't completely aligned with what the design book was, but let, let's go and, and do this to all right, I'm going to have some tough spots, but I'm staying the course to how you go from one unit to five units, which is, is still a rare feat in franchising to, to even fulfill that much of a development agreement to hitting six mm-hmm. and looking at your own family and your life and saying, I'm going to push pause on this. This doesn't align with where we are and being willing to step, step away from what the original uh, vision was. And then all the other things, such as you, you said, the collaboration of the community uh, and the, the full, full-time masterclass that you're able to get as being a part of franchising. You take all of this stuff. Did it matter what franchise industry you went into that your widget ended up being this institutional knowledge of what it's like to walk a day in the life of someone that risked their life savings into a business for the betterment of their family? So just to restate that, um, is your question, did it matter which industry we went into or which? Yeah, you chose, you you obviously went into a nail salon, but all that Mm. institutional knowledge is so deep that is that, is that your secret sauce is that you know what a day in the life of so many different people feels (laughs) like and that you can relate. So it's not, it's not talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for, thanks for helping me out with that. Yes. Um, it is, you know, we've been in it for 16 years. Um, we had home run clubs, um, for, for the anytime fitnesses and we had clubs that were just hitting singles, you know, different markets and different staffing and things like that. Um, and what we bring as a franchisor is we're still franchisees of anytime fitness. Um, we've also been on the preferred vendor side of things. Um, for Anytime Fitness. So we know what it feels like to be a vendor of a franchise system and what the franchise system is expecting from vendors. Mm-hmm. So we literally put three hats on every day, you know, <laughs> like the, what's good for for the uh, the franchise owners, what's good for the clientele and what's good for the brand itself. So yeah, every day. And we've been at different stages 
probably the same stages that all of our franchise owners go through in the beginning, the fear, you know, like wanting to know everything um, and then realizing like, I can't drink you know, water out of a fire hose. Like I need to, I get this in a good um, consumable gulp rate. Um, and I need someone that I trust and that will work with me to get me through to the, to the next point. And, you know, having that faith in the process. So as we were building out our franchise system, you know, one of the things that we, one of the tenants that we have is like our support will always be top notch. So, um, you know, we don't have any, any issues with our franchise business coach or, or anybody on our team not knowing it because we've all worked together for so long. Um, so, and it's, you know, we also have two people on our team that own franchises as well. So we have a multitude of people that are living this life from both sides, the franchisor and the franchise owner side. And so we, we, when we say like, we know we felt that or we've been there, it's the absolute, <laughs> the absolute truth, which is, you know, like down the line when we're, you know, bigger and things like that. And it, you know, our team will get bigger and we'll have different levels of expertise and we'll have to allocate those resources effectively. But one of the things that, you know, I learned in going through the Anytime Fitness program was in the beginning, especially it, it the credibility of having someone the, there that's been there and done that from a franchisee side, it's like night and day. Like we work with people right now in, in, in that system, great people and everything like that. Um, and it's, it, you know, no shade on, on, on them or the, the organization. It's just, um, if I'm talking to somebody that's been in the industry for three years and I've been in it as an owner for 17, I probably know more than them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I'm not getting, getting as much value at this point in time, but man, in the beginning, you know, someone said that they were an owner for a year longer than me. I'm like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> what about this? What about that? So it does make a huge difference, I think. Well, the, the analogy that comes to, to my mind, I, I've never jumped out of an airplane, but I, I would imagine it's very similar to being an entrepreneur that the, you, you're walking up, you're going to rely on your tandem partner, that they've done it hundreds of times before, so they know what they're doing. And you jump out of that airplane trusting that, you know, there is a slight chance this is not going to work out. But as long as operations are smooth, you land on the ground. And you land on the ground and you say, all right, I could do that again because you understand how that process worked. And so I think that's a huge value that you bring back to the table is you could say, even all those supplier side, I, I know what it's like to walk in your shoes. And I think that probably prepares you even better as a franchisor that when shit hits the fan, you understand how to react to it where the first time you, you, it was unknown, but now you've been through it so many times that for a franchisee, they can say, Hey, Gee, what, what is the process or how should I be feeling here? And you can say that this is how I felt. I give, I think that gives you a huge asset because we take 4,000 franchisors, which is whether that's the real number or not of franchisors that exist. I mean, maybe 1% went from franchisee to franchisor. And I think that's such a huge asset when it comes to uh, the seat that you now now you occupy as well. So, Absolutely. take me through the journey. How how do you even how do you guys even create Frenchies? Where does it come from, and what what is the trigger that says, okay, we're yes, we're we identify as a franchisee, and yes, we identify as a supplier. Now we're also going to identify as a franchisor. Great question. So, 
Stephanie and I, um, as franchisees of Anytime Fitness, and then subsequently Stephanie went on to be an employee of Anytime Fitness Corporate um, and rose up through the ranks there. And long, long story with lots of work, but making it really short is she ended up being a brand president of one of their beauty brands that they brought on called Waxing the City. Um, and so going through that process where anytime fit, when we joined anytime fitness they had somewhere around 100 uh clubs so it grew you know they have 2500 over 2500 here in the us right now um so it grew and we saw all these people coming up with us in the in the system that were you know leading better lives making more money having more time flexibility you know being able to go to all the games and school things and and things like that. And like, man, we, we love franchising. You know, we love the idea of like support, you know, the old, the old, the saying like in franchising, you're, you're, a, you're not, uh, you're, you're in business on your own, but you're, what is it? You're, uh, sorry, I'm messing this uh, up. You're, you uh, have your in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Yes. In business for yourself, but not by yourself. We love that aspect of it and the flexibility that it brought. And so we saw all these other people doing the same thing in this fast growing system, you know, people going from one to five to 30 and things like that, um, and just creating a great life. And so we always had our eyes open for something like that. If we could do something that would change an industry that we thought had like a ton of merit and a lot of good things behind it that would come out of it besides just money. Um, and then when Stephanie was, uh, running the wax in the city with her team, looking at industry reports. Um, it was always waxing and nails were lumped in together in the industry reports and nails turns out to be over 95% of this, you know, multi-billion dollar industry here in the U S alone. And she's been a lifelong nail, nail service consumer, you know, we used to go with her grandma and, um, started when she was young and still goes and, and everybody in the U S knows that it's, it's, usually a very transactional service um, where it's, uh, you know, uh, affordable, but there's a client experience component that's missing. And, um, and so we're like, Oh, this, this could be a great opportunity. So we learned as much as we could um, the goods, the good things and the, and the challenging things about um, the nail industry. Um, I don't think it's any secret that um, it's, it's got some challenges in terms of how people are treated in the industry on the frontline service worker end um, some, some cleanliness issues and things like that. And certainly from a, just a client, client experience issue, we're like, we can fix that with a great client experience cycle and great training and some processes in place for sterilization that go above and beyond. And so we learned as much as we could and talked to as many people as we could. And at some point we just said, you know what, we get, to go up the learning curve faster, we just got to open our own studio. So this kind of goes back to not just our experience in franchising, but also our experience in like starting something new um, and going up the learning curve as fast as possible with the whole idea and writing every every challenge down that we had in this so that we could use that later on to build a national brand. So we do plan on being the number one uh, nail brand in the U.S. here um, shortly and for a long time to come. So. Um, all those lessons that we learned in going through the process of ourself back in 2013, 2014, um, we still use to this day. And we've obviously built on that with, with more expertise and bringing other, other people inside. But um, it's, that's how it started. And um, 
you know, we 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 really do want to revolutionize revolutionize the the nail the nail industry, and um, so we're doing that through our our values of uh, healthy, smart, accountable, and fun. And that's what we do. Was franchise always the vision when you're creating oh, yeah. this box? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the model is that that kind of led everything, and so another one of the the good things that we had going in our favor and starting a new brand is we had this network of people from anytime fitness and self-esteem brands and, and all these experts. So even right from the get-go, like, our, you know, our, our general counsel did nothing but franchising. So our agreements were great. <laughs> you know, um, our standards were great. We knew how to handle um, vendor partnerships and build those partnerships. Um, we knew the right people to help, you know, develop territories and sell territories in the right way. And we, we knew firsthand how important support was and getting key, key people in those positions was going to be, uh, a priority for us and always has been and always will be. We've, we've spent a lot of our time together talking about experience and the value of experience that goes into this. If you were to backcast back to creating Frenchies, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? <laughs> well, um, geez, that's a really good question. You know, of course, the first thing that comes to mind is a, a real anomaly, and that's COVID. <laughs> I wish, wish we could have uh, somehow figured a way to avoid that, but um, nobody did. So, um, what would we do? Like, that's a question, like, what would we do differently? Um, yeah, or something that when you're like, there's an aha moment of the industry or how you're building out or uh, some sort of relationship with a franchisee on the other side that you're like, okay, that that's, that's something that I find deeply valuable that's going to continue to move us forward that maybe I didn't know when I became a franchisor for the first time. Hmm. From the franchisor perspective, I wouldn't say there is um, much there just because we, you know, we had, we had this un unbelievable group of people that were behind us, you know, just people that work with us today and this other group. And then, you know, I had people like Chuck Runyon who founded Anytime Fitness, you know, also whispering in my ear, like, remember this, remember that, you know, things like that. Um, and, you know, definitely, learning as we went. Um, I would say some of the, the, the more interesting things that we've learned from being a franchisor have been the, it, the lesson was learned before, but it, it came to fruition and actually manifested itself. And um, some of the best ideas are gonna come from the people that are doing the frontline services and the franchise owners. And that is that has really proven to be the case. You know, one of our, um, some of our better selling products came from ideas of people in the studio. Um, and we have, uh, some franchise owners, um, that are wicked, wicked smart in certain areas. And, um, and they've, they've pushed us in, in those areas and it's been, and we, you know, we, we didn't push back. We're like, tell, tell me more, tell me more. Like what else do you think is important? Um, and we've actually instituted a lot of those. So it's, you know, we're still at that stage where um, hopefully we'll always be that we don't think we know everything. Um, but, you know, at this stage of development, it's even easier to, like, take ideas 
implement them, try them out in a, in a, in an organized process. We have pilot programs going on all the time where we, we run something for a certain amount of quantity or a certain amount of time. And then we analyze the data and then we see if that's going to work for the whole system, or maybe we, we need to go back and just do it the way we we're doing. But I think that's one of the advantages that we have right now at our size. And it's really, really benefited us today. I mean, Obviously, you're able to have the governor of being a franchisee and constantly asking yourself, as a franchisee, what did I expect from my franchisor? So that when you reverse that and say, as a franchisor, what should my franchisees ex- expect from me? I think it's it's hugely valuable. Now, you're right. I mean, you're, pi- you're pioneering a complete industry. Like the, the reality is nail salons and franchising is not a born category. And you, you are at the forefront of this. If you right. go all the way back to that, club industry media hit that you hit that that was the awareness moment that anytime needed to find you is right yeah. now the biggest gap between Frenchies being anytime fitness and and where Frenchies is today is it an awareness thing like you need more people like Guy to read about this or hear about it or see it and say huh how do I become a part of this revolution Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's when we first started selling franchises. So we, we opened our own studio in 2014. Uh, we tested the model for a couple of years. We sold a couple in 2016, tested those because they were in a different state than ours in Colorado, um, saw how they got off the ground. And then we moved forward. Um, and in 2018, started selling, um, put in, put an effort towards selling and it's you know everybody sees it they they saw it back then and they still see it today this is a blue blue water opportunity yeah. you know it's it's still 99% mom and pop nail shops out there and not every one of them but to be you know to be honest like a majority of them are still operating under that model it's a transactional service um, get them in get them out don't build any relationship it doesn't matter as long as we got their money um, and they got a service that they're happy with. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, we just knew that there was a bigger appetite and a, you know, a, an appetite for an actual client experience, a pampering moment, you know, someone to feel good about themselves, um, you know, and them taking care of themselves. So, um, you know, that, that is something that we're continuing to do, but, um, the shoot Nick, um, what was the original question? Awareness. Like all you need is oh, yeah. shot yes. to get in front of another gi. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Because my point was we sold a lot, a lot right out of the gate. And we, we didn't have much of uh, a, a big body of data um, that showed how the studios were going to do, how they were doing and how they would do. Now it's a totally different ball game. I mean, we've got so much data and our studios annual unit volume is up and the profitability is up and things like that. Um, and it's, it's something that once we start this again, um, people see it, they get interested in the blue water opportunity. They get interested in being a part of their community, like a, you know, a beauty industry business in, in a community kind of become a little bit of a celebrity. <laughs> you're, you're associated with that business for sure. Um, which is nice. And, uh, it's, it just, it kind of ticks a lot of boxes for people. And, um, and also from a financial perspective, we're, we're in a really good spot to move it forward. So yeah, it's, it's 
just getting the the word out there that yes uh, there is a nail studio concept out there you even if you don't have a background in beauty or nails or license or anything like that you can you can actually own and operate and do it really well we only have one person in our system that has a beauty industry background um, so, um, and they perform well, but so do a lot of other people that don't have a beauty industry background. So it's, it's small business ownership. You get to wear a lot of hats and, um, but it's, you know, it's all, it's all worth it. And you're, you're, you're making money, you're contributing back to the community and in our, in, with our, with our model, you're also helping people grow their careers, um, and land in a place that's, you know, healthy, safe hopefully a happy place as well, yeah. um, which a lot of people in the industry, particularly the nail industry, don't have before. So it's, it's, a, uh, it, it's, coming, it's coming around. It used to be that beauty schools didn't even really focus on nails. They would, they would teach the, the students enough to get them to pass the board exam. But for the most part, unless they already had family in the industry, right. the, the beauty schools knew that most people were not going to go into nails. That's different now. Everybody knows that. I mean, from from my viewpoint, because I've I've seen the brand, uh, I've been inside of one of your studios. Um, but here's here's my viewpoint. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's no smell on the internet, and if no. you wanted, as a male, I've I've had one pedicure because my wife made me get it. So I am not I am not a customer, but I can immediately tell you there's a difference when you walk in what you've engineered and it like it is a aha moment. And mm -hmm. so if there's someone looking at wellness and dismisses this for whatever reason, because the preconceived notion is this is just another nail salon, the reality is it isn't. And so that, that is one thing that holds you back is that you can't smell the difference when you walk in to your location. The second issue is, is purely, purely awareness. You think that and, and a little bit of luck on the awareness, you think back to Chuck having that article that that was luck and timing that you in that moment read that and said, I'm interested and, and got into the, into the funnel mm -hmm. because there's not, it's not vastly known like lashes or like uh, hair, hair blowouts. Facials, um, the general yeah. awareness of the industry has to continue to climb up that it goes beyond some of the mom and pop locations that exist and as that snowball continues to fall or roll, then all of a sudden someone's going to be able to say, how do I jump on this on this bandwagon? Now, very early on, you had advocators who helped you sell a lot of units, but you could probably go back to being sold six and said, maybe I should have only been sold three. And so the other thing that I'm hearing is so many lessons learned and an ego that's not too big to say, I, I know when I was wrong because I'm willing to look at the data. I think those are those are tremendous things. So I think what you've set up from a business standpoint, from a life experience standpoint up to this point is best in class. You just need a little bit of luck and you need a little bit of people to be able to walk in and, and smell that difference and understand like you've really engineered a different experience uh, for those that I mean, my wife, my wife gets it every other every other week. She'll go in there. If she had this, it would it would change her life she's she's become complacent with it is what it is because she enjoys uh her nails being done and that like it, sure. it's there it's like just a little bit of luck is is what what right. you guys 
And it is, it is interesting because if we're talking to guys and um, it's a different presentation than it is when we're talking to ladies, that's just a, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. You know, there's a, a lot more people, uh, ladies that have experience in nail studios than, than guys do. Um, and so, um, you know, when we're, when we're talking with um, a husband and wife, things like that, one of the things that we have them do is do a little homework. You know, there's, there's no harm in that. Um, and to have them go, especially the guy, to have them go to a local, you know, uh, express nail place where you can get a, a, a really inexpensive service and then go to a Frenchie's or, you know, go to someone that we know around the country that um, is a little bit more like a Frenchie's, you know, they, they take care of their team, they take care of the environment, they clean things up and things like that so that they can experience the difference if there's not a Frenchie's nearby. Um, and then, you know, if it's just a guy will say like, ask your uh, significant other, you know, or mom or daughter or cousin, um, like what, what's, what are the top three things, how they describe their nail studio experience? And it's usually quite, quite frankly, it's usually negative, you know? Um, um, and there is that, that, that olfactory <laughs> sense component of there's a, there's a wall of chemicals in most places you walk into. And, um, yeah. you know, Frenchies, it's a wall of, you know, a scent of, some of our, you know, branded product lines. <laughs> so it might smell like avocado lemon or lavender, or oatmeal vanilla or something like that. So um, that is the, that is the case. And then, man, when we show people the numbers on how big this industry is and how fragmented it is um, and what we plan to do and, you know, where we're going and even, even to be honest, the, the trajectory of where we were pre COVID to where we are now um, from a business perspective, perspective just dollars and cents it also makes makes sense as well well i look forward to playing back this video as the story continues on and i'm glad that we got to create the starting point of what is the story behind this because i think franchisee to franchisor is deeply valuable as as a potential investor i think i think that's going to resonate in a big way so for gee i'm nick gee thanks for sharing your story i really appreciate it this is another episode of meet the zor See everybody.